Hello, Sky friends, and welcome to Seasons of Skyrend, Book 3. We're a custom 5e D&D adventure that focuses on the stories of our characters as they explore their impact on the world and how the world responds in turn. I am your host and DM, Scott, and you can find me on Twitter at TheScottBlake. Hi, I'm Chris. I play Iolana Makani, the Air Genasi Mystic, and you can find me at Killer on Twitter. Hi, my name is Nate. I play Darwin Grimm, the Human Monk, and you can find me at Skyren underscore Nate on Twitter. Hi, I'm Shannon. I play Aranis Gray, also known as Gray the Great to my fans and the Bard of the Bard's Rebellion. I am a half-elf bard, and you can find me at Skyren underscore Shannon on Twitter. And you can find the show on Twitter at Skyren Podcast. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. Head on over to find out about bonus chapters, early access, NPC creation, and more. Now then, thank you for joining us, and please enjoy this chapter in Seasons of Skyren. Well, you know, uh, people are worried about getting a little too far out of town. I mean, not like we had a, not like we were traveling a lot. This isn't a mobile community, so to speak. Uh, but you know, we still let people go out and on uh, patrols and stuff. But not so much anymore. It's not too safe for, uh, it's not too safe for those with the with the withering to go out and about too far from the city. Uh, so people have been staying in more. You know, people got a, a little bit interested in music that first year. That didn't quite stick with everybody. Yeah, but, you know, if even just one more person picked up a horn, found an interest in it, that's good for me. Okay. But, you know, not like people have been coming back with a whole lot of supplies lately. So I don't get new stock in very often. Oh, oh okay. You just, you know. Ah, no, I'm fine. I, I'm fine. I get by. I get by. Okay. I, I wouldn't be a very good friend if I didn't at least ask. <laughs> <laughs> nah, how could you be a bad friend, Arnis? Oh, well, I mean, I it was uh it, it was really nice to hear you play again. Thanks. Um it was great to hear you too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <that laughs> missteps and all. No, nah, that middle song was real shitty. Don't it's don't <laughs> don't no. <laughs> don't don't try to fake it. That was terrible. It's nice to know you got some flaws in there. (laughs) Oh, if you think that's my only flaw, you may not know me very well. Um, But I uh, stuck around because I feel like I feel like I owe you an actual like goodbye um, that maybe was, I don't know, less clear or more open ended the last time I was here. But I'm pretty sure this time. When I leave, you won't see me again. Is it? Is it that dangerous what you're doing? Uh, it's it's more than that dangerous. Yeah. Hmm. Well, at least try to be safe out there. Oh, I you know I do I do as much as I can, but what we're off to do isn't particularly optional. So as safe as we can be, sure. Hmm. I know it's not exactly your thing, but don't forget there is a shrine here if you want to try to put in a good word for for yourself. Uh, if you want to ask for a little bit of help. 
a little bit of protection or whatever. <laughs> I think I'm not so sure how many, uh, how many gods you are friends with these days. <laughs> I think I've made enough deals with enough gods. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Could I talk you into one last song then before you go? Just the two of us. Sure. Uh, wonderful. He will start. It's going to be a, it's going to be a very slow song, like not somber, just slow and contemplative, reflective, maybe. But he is definitely dragging this song out. Like he did not have 20 minute songs before, <laughs> but he will keep this one going for a while. And he'll be more than happy to have the company play a little duet, do a little jam. Hmm. So when the song's done, Arnis, are you heading back to the hostel? Uh, yeah, I would on my on my way like out as I'm getting ready to leave. I would I would just tell him like it's uh, like I'm I'm glad that in my travels I got to meet you. I would give him a hug. Oh, it's good to meet you too, Arnis. Hope you stay safe out there. And if you come through on the other side, it'd be great to see you again. If not, let me know where you settle down. Maybe I'll come to you. <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay. And the oh, sorry, the only reason that he's chuckling is because what he can't say is like, well, <laughs> you want to come live in Coram's realm? I mean, like, that's really like, okay. <laughs> You're going to settle down in Coram's realm? No, Arnis is pretty sure that whatever he's going to try is not going to work and he's going to die. <laughs> like, that's, that's where we're at. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Anything else that you have for, for Quince at this time? No. Okay. So it's, it's a good hour after closing time by the time you make it back to the hostel. Darvin. E. Have you stayed awake or did you go to sleep? No, I stayed awake. Okay. Anything that you want to talk to Arnis about when he gets back? Yeah, I don't mind. You know, I'm going to tell him everything that went down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And about this egg? Yes, all of that. Okay. And how now I have to sneak it back into the bar. Well, I mean, it's a little late for that. What do you mean? Bar's closed. Yeah, but sneak, right? I, are you, ta- you taking veil? Well, no, and I don't. No. Hmm. Just some light beanie. <laughs> no, you're right. Beanie said his back. Why don't you just give it back to Gosrum? Like, just that's, like that's, on, he's coming that's, to see us anyway. That's just probably, like on second thought. I don't want this. Yeah, that's that's what I'll do. J.K. Gosrum. <laughs> You are going to be seeing him again when you go to the horses, so it's not like it would be a surprise for him to like see you again. Okay, cool. That is what I will do then. Okay, okay. Anything else the two of you want to do before going to bed? I mean, the only question I'd really ask is like, you're you're going to give that back, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're going to do that? <laughs> cool. <laughs> like, I don't. Uh... Of course, of course. Okay. I. I will abide by the group decision. Okay, okay, okay. Anything else you want to talk about tonight? Or should we go to morning? Um, that was I'm it. good. Mm-hmm. At that point, I'm like so exhausted from everything. I would just kind of 
flop into bed and just... <laughs> okay. Vale or Ilana, are either of you up to any nighttime shenanigans? Nope. Okay. Just had to make sure. In which case, night passes. Everybody gets a good night's rest. You wake up feeling refreshed, energized, ready to go about the day. Darvin, when you wake up at the foot of your bed, there's a small pile of coins and a couple of satchels. What? His kangaroos stealing shit in our sleep. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> what the fuck? Is your kangaroo going night wandering? Our <laughs> evil possessed kangaroo? Maybe. Do we need to build a little kanga cage for your kangaroo? <laughs> <laughs> Quarantine? That's some bullshit, man. We're That's all... just rude. <laughs> We're all a little mad here. <laughs> uh, Darvin, as you go through these coins and you add everything up, it comes to a total of 57 gold spread out between a few gold pieces and some silver and some copper as well. Hmm. It's a tidy sum. Dub. And a couple of small satchels. Hey, Arnis. Yes. Are we keeping this? <laughs> um, no. Just leave it at the foot of the bed then. Mm, can we give it back to the hostel owner? Be like, I think someone may have dropped these. Sure. Just like give it all back. Like, I'm not sure it's all the same someone. Just hand it to the. Sounds awfully suspicious, doesn't it? <laughs> Just leaving it at the foot of the bed is pretty suspicious too. You know, finders keepers. Oh my god. Evil kangaroo finders keepers. <laughs> You're jumping to conclusions, no pun intended. I am aligned lawful, so I cannot break <laughs> any laws. But you're lawful <laughs> neutral, so, you know, it's not that big of a fault. Well, that's true. <laughs> Is that how that works? Pretty Does the much. other part, like, <laughs> negate the first part? <laughs> <laughs> Or is it all about, like, what set of laws you follow? Is that what it is? It's mostly what set of laws I follow. Yeah. Which, there's really only one law. No, no, Darwin, like, makes a point to respect local law whenever it's... Pretty much whenever it's... Exactly. Whenever it's... Yeah, okay. (laughs) And not taking this money when we're already pretty okay money-wise. Pretty convenient. I think pretty okay is... An understatement. So not taking this money won't sweat me at all. So you just wanna you just wanna leave it in the room? <sighs> no, you're right. That's more I mean, suspicious. Well, I also feel like it's less likely to get back to the people it belongs to if we just leave it in the room. That because don't. I mean, we don't know who the next person in here is. Maybe it's gonna be like the person that cleans the room and they'll think like, oh, what a generous tip. Which <laughs> wouldn't be terrible. But at the same time, it it's not theirs either. Maybe that's right? the best outcome. They probably you need know the one general these rule people. is that found money never gets back to who lost it, right? Like, does Vale want to come into this conversation and have this conversation with us? No, because you can probably <laughs> hear us discussing 
<laughs> through fact, the wall. The, through the wall, Vale and Ilana have heard the whole thing, and they've both been like, yeah, we're not touching that one. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you doing with this money and these satchels? I don't know. I think I want to see what's in the satchels. Like, I'm not going to keep any of it, but I want to know what's in there. Like, what did the kangaroo take? We're assuming it's the kangaroo. Like, what did, what did whoever, like, take? I want to see what it is. Okay. Darwin, are you going to take a look, too? Or are you just letting yeah, Arnis yeah. sort through these things? Okay. No, no, I'll help. All right. Mm-hmm. Let's start with the one that Arnis opens up. Arnis. Got this little satchel here. It's clearly only meant to hold, like, maybe a few things. It's pretty small. It's pretty lightweight. But there's definitely something in there. You open it up, and you pull out what appears to be a very brightly colored, kind of cheaply made bracer. And on the inside of it, there's this wooden, this, like, fake wooden blade that just, like, sticks on the inside of it to, like, stick out. So you, like, wrap it around your wrist and pretend you have, like, a little wooden knife on your hand. Well. Yeah, but didn't in when we were in Vale's memory, didn't we see Vale playing with something like that? Um, yeah, I believe you did. And I immediately knock on the wall. Vale, get over here. <laughs> Darvin, you open yours up, and what you find is a Fabergé kangaroo that has been broken and magically restitched together there's like this blue fiery type light holding it back together it is very delicate and light and it definitely reminds you of one that you had long ago as a child wow okay so Vale's now knocking on the door to be let in <laughs> oh I, I open it immediately i probably actually would have opened it before he got a chance to knock. just like propped it open and been like uh okay mm-hmm. arnis what do you need uh, I just hold up the bracer. Mm-hmm. And Vale's going to hold out their good arm. Like, can I see that? I, I hold it out, of course. And I immediately, after looking upon it and at it, ask, where would you get? Where did you get this? I point to the foot of Darwin's bed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, Vale, this is most definitely your little toy hidden blade that you had as a small child. What the fuck? That was lost long ago. Okay. Where did this come from? I point to the foot of Darwin's bed. It was in a bag. With this, <laughs> and I hold up my kangaroo. Okay. It's your Fabergé one, right? This yeah, is yeah, not yeah. the first time this has happened, right? No, this feels like an escalation, though. Well, did we thoroughly go through the other stuff the last time? Oh. Or did we just yeah, put it all no. in a pouch? You looked at everything last time. It was all like okay. money and nice wine. Uh, maybe a couple other little odds and ends. Nothing like this. Where's this stuff coming from? We don't know. But we we have a suspicion. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And your suspicion is? That, uh, um, that, that pouch it is going night wandering. <laughs> You do realize that sounds ridiculous, right? Why do you think I'm laughing? (laughs) Okay, then we need to just... Oh, God, I don't want to have to do this, but we're going to need to set up a watch the next time we sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. 
Now, is this like a replica of what I had as a kid, or is this like the one I had when I was a kid? Near as you can tell. I mean, it's been it's been a long time since you've seen the one that you had as a kid. But near as you can tell, this is the same one. Yeah, that ain't right. That's Just like game. near as Darwin can tell, that's his old Fabergé kangaroo that he broke. Is that it? Are there just like the two satchels? Yeah, that was it. This is just the two. The rest of it was money. Well, shit, I'm keeping the kangaroo. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. So, you've got this money. You've got these items. Well, I guess the items belong to you guys. Maybe the money does too. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, I feel like we should just leave the money. On the floor of the bed? I what, I mean, we could put it like on the dre- dresser or something. I don't know. But A tip for housekeeping. Got it. Good idea. Sure. Okay. This is weird. Not a huge fan of this, but there's nothing we can do about it right now, so let's move on. Okay. So what's the plan for today? Straight to the stables? Yeah, or to Gossam and then the stables. Well, he's meeting us out there. Then cool. Yeah, straight to the stables. Let's get moving. Okay, okay. You head up to the stables. Caster is there, of course. He sees you all enter. He definitely gives a little extra smile to Ivalana as she walks in. Uh, Who awkwardly looks away. (laughs) Ivalana's not dealing well with this. (laughs) Hey, good morning. Welcome back. Managed to get the, the horses you were after. We got four of them. All right here. And you've uh, got a friend waiting for you. I see motions over and Gossram is standing there next to a pair of the horses. I got a hand rested on, on each of them. Ah, perfect. He's already arrived. Mm-hmm. Glad to see nobody overdid it last night. Young caster there tells me that you're acquiring these horses, correct? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Darvin, did you have an opportunity to... Think about my request. I did. I'm going to hand the egg back to him. Mm. I was a little disappointed. Visibly disappointed. I figured (sighs) he would be. Sorry, bro. I don't say that. That... Are you sure? Yes. Can I ask why? Um, I wasn't expecting him to ask why. (laughs) I just don't know enough about this. How about you tried to kill me a couple of times? I mean, there is there is that. Uh, so, yeah, but I'm... And also tricked a whole town into worshipping him. Right. I mean, that's the, that's the reason why I don't trust him, yes. But I'm trying not to antagonize him. That's fair. <laughs> that is the real reason I don't trust him. Mm-hmm. But especially since we're we have this like tentative semi non-aggression thing, I don't want to like antagonize him by being like, "Hey, eh, you're an asshole." Well, if it's just a if it's just a matter of knowledge, what would you need to know to take this along? It's it's too much for me. I'm sorry, I can't. It's too much. Mm-hmm. I am a mere servant of God, not every God. Dedicated decorum, then. <sighs> All right. Don't suppose any of your friends would be willing to take it on. He holds the egg out for anybody else to take. Mm, that's a nope. Vale, Vale will hold the one hand out like, 
Nah. And Iwana won't even look up from whatever it is they're doing. Avoiding eye contact with Caster. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I've got a picture of Iwana just like kind of very awkwardly walking a little too close to Vale right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Arnis doesn't like shake his head or anything. He just kind of stares Gosserm down. <laughs> that's that's it. Like, there's no reaction. Like you, mm-hmm. you, you know what I'm going to say. <laughs> like, I'm not. He closes his fist around the egg and puts it in the apron. Very well. Now then, about these horses here. Uh, cracks some knuckles in his lower hands. I did say I would help you out in return for your attempts to try to fix this whole situation. So let's make some better horses then, shall we? No offense to Grawlor, but he's very uh, simple when it comes to creatures. Uh, quit flexing his hands out. And the question here is now, what do y'all want on your horses? The Vale's going to choose the like darkest, blackest colored horse they can find and request that it have bat wings. Something nice and terrifying. And Yolana will choose a... A horse that is like whitish in color and ask for the wings of a seabird. Like a seagull? Yeah. Or like a pelican or like a heron? Yeah, I think like, I think like a, uh, oh no, heron wings. Those are even cooler. Yeah. I like that. Are we worrying about like size of wing relative to size of horse? <laughs> I think he's nah. going to make all that work out all right. Okay. I just wanted to ask because I had ideas, but I was like, but they're like, mm-hmm. they're tiny. he can make them bigger this is body mod god he's adaptability god he's clearly not concerned about the laws of nature (laughs) clearly arnis or darvin what you thinking what you got i think i'm gonna go with raven wings hmm what color is your horse Hmm. whatever's closest to a raven like sort of grayish silvery blackish silvery blackish i like i like i like Arnis, just waiting on you now. So Arnis's instinct is to come up with like the flashiest pair of wings <laughs> that he can think of, but then he imagines them on a horse and decides that I mean the horse is already gonna look kind of ridiculous, so maybe I shouldn't <laughs> add another layer of ridiculousness onto it. And so he picks the last horse, which is a sort of semi sort of like spotted. The way that some horses get. And he he picks spotted owl wings to go with it. So it's all like matchy. And silent flight. You know. That actually is just a a side benefit. That wasn't why I picked it. I mean, unless somebody picked bumblebee wings, I think flight was going to (laughs) be fairly silent to begin with. (laughs) No? Okay. Bumblebee wings. Flight isn't silent, though. Owls are the only creatures that fly completely silent. Right, right, right. Flight's not entirely silent. Awesome. Like the bat wings will probably cause a little bit more noise than the raven wings. That would also suck, though, if like the horse isn't used to the owl wings, so the horse doesn't understand <laughs> that the flight is silent, and so like the wings aren't making any noise, and the horse is just like... <laughs> it's like, no, horsey! <laughs> Oh my god. Well, yeah, you can't necessarily make a horse stealth. Nope. I mean, you form a good enough bond. You can like, uh, you can get a little bit, but yeah. Fresh off the lot when all you've done is pay for them. 
I don't know if these horses are your friends yet, especially not if the very first thing you do to them is <laughs> have a god come by and put wings on them. <laughs> oh, you don't know if they're into it or not. I suppose we don't either. Okay. Like speak with animals would be handy right about. Sure would be. Sure don't would be. It. Don't have it. So Gosrim reaches a hand out to each of these horses. He's got four arms, got four hands. There's four horses. We can do all four of these at once. He stands in front of them, puts a hand on each of their heads. Just boom, 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 boom. And you see him close his eyes and concentrate. There's a flare of magic from him. Starts from his chest and then pulses out along each of his arms and flows into these horses. And as he does this, you can see a ripple of the withering extend out along him as well. You see each part of him as it's rippling out from his center down his arms momentarily turns to bone before the magic is absorbed into these horses and they each begin to sprout wings. I need each of you to roll an animal handling check (laughs) for your horses. This is a new experience for them. They're kind of like freaking out a little bit. They might need to be calmed down a touch. Oh dear. All right. uh, Let's start at the top here. Vale. That's a three. Damn. I thought I rolled poorly. Ouch. 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 What about Iolana? That's an eight. Darwin? Darwin rolls a nine. Oh my god. How is it possible that I did better than any of you? And my roll is so crappy. I got a 12. Gosh. All four of these horses start sprouting their wings and they're freaking out. This is a very strange sensation to them. They don't know how to deal. You're there by your horses. You try to calm them down as they're experiencing this, and none of them are feeling particularly comforted by your actions. And they start running around the stables. It's not a huge space, but they're running around a little bit uncontrolled, a little, a little bit wild. Uh, and there's just big, big wings flapping and knocking stuff over, smacking other animals, hitting the sides of carts. Caster's grabbing some rope. He's like, ah, crap. Uh, you know, he's going to go to try to wrangle them up together. What are you guys doing? Horses on the loose. Trying to help wrangle them, I guess, because that okay. helped so well originally. How do you want to do it this time? Um, sort of like, I don't know. Hang on. I don't know. Horses are dangerous and scary. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was trying to think about cats and how if you can, like, cover them with blankets and stuff not that I have blankets but like if I tempted that with a horse that could go very badly mm-hmm. <laughs> oh blanky horse <laughs> uh, what about anybody else Arnus's first instinct when he doesn't know what to do is to just like start playing to try to calm <laughs> people down sometimes that works mm-hmm. and so that's what he does uh-huh. so you want to try to calm down the horses with a song yes okay um Roll animal handling. Um, yeah. All right. I mean, that's better. It's not. Hmm. It's okay, I guess. I got what a 15. Got? The horses slow down a bit. It's like a canter. Ilana, Vale, Darwin, anything you want to do to help get these horses under control? I'm looking. I can't mm. think how Darwin can help. You could try to physically restrain these horses. You can use skills or magic on these horses. You can. I don't know. Bribe them with food. Is there food around? Like bales of hay and stuff? I would imagine so. These are the stables. 
All right, it's worth a shot. I'll try and bribe them with hail if I'm lying around. All right. Hey. Darwin rushes over and grabs some horse chow. Roll some animal handling with advantage this time. They know the smell of food. <laughs> they like food. This time I got a 12. <laughs> I think your horse responds to it uh, and starts like slowly approaching you, fidgeting with the wings, trying to understand how they work and how they fold. What is calmly... A, mm, is tentatively approaching you, and he'll nibble some of that food out of your hand. Ow! Good horse. Aww. Iolana or Vale? Okay, so not wanting to get trampled on, Vale's going to stand a safe, safe distance from their horse and like use the cantrip message to just like message. whisper soothing words at the creature to try and get it to calm down. Ah, Vale's turning into Robert Redford. Got it. <laughs> all right all right uh, let's roll some animal handling then hey that's a 10 okay i think because of like how you're speaking to this animal it's like it sounds like a nice hushed tone right in its ear you see your horse stop and flick its head around looking to see where the the voices are coming from is message the one that allows the target to respond back mm-hmm. <laughs> you just hear some light whinnying in your ears <laughs> <laughs> nice and it's a little confused but it's not running around anymore it's still looking around for the source of this sound what about Iolana and then Iolana is going to use one of her equivalents of a cantrip uh, mystic hand it works a little bit like uh, very similar to um, mage hand mm-hmm. to attempt to pet and soothe the creature from a distance Hmm. All right. All right. Roll that animal handling again. Fucking hey, man. That's the third three out of four die I've rolled today. That's a total of three. No, it's a three on the die, so it's a nine, eight. It's an eight. Hmm. Although Vale's horse may have been okay with a voice coming out of nowhere, Ilana's horse is not cool with just touching from nowhere and is a little bit spooked. They like trot off to the corner of the stables, like in the far back corner. They're trying to get away from whatever this invisible thing is that's touching them. So suffice it to say, getting these horses under control is an awkward time for everybody. (laughs) Seems like Darwin and Arnis have a bit more success than other folks. Music did help a little bit. Bribing with food, hard to go wrong there. Something I hadn't thought about until just now. Your horses are going to need names again. It's not something you need right now, but something to think about. What are you going to call your horse? And and Gostrom looks at everybody just frantically trying to get these winged horses under control. He's a little bit exasperated, like, uh, it's not that hard. But he's not doing anything to impede you. He's also not helping out. This was the deal. Wings on horses. Wings on horses. Done. Boom. So, will this be adequate then uh it, it would seem so unless anyone else has a nope seems good no we're good over here as soon as we can mm. get them under control it, it'll take you like a little bit of time but the horses don't hate you they are trained horses after all they just need to calm down sprouting wings tends to be a little uh disturbing <clears throat> well i wish i could have done more But maybe you can come back to me if there's anything else that you fancy. In the meantime, I just want to remind you that whoever 
does this, please make sure you connect with all of the afflicted ones. No picking and choosing. You can you you can pick and choose. I I, I don't know. I didn't assume that it worked like that. Well, I don't know if it's all or nothing. Just keep in mind who gave you these nice horses. I will. I'm very confused by him right now. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> and as Gosrim turns to start to leave, everybody feels an immense shudder throughout the city, almost like an earthquake. It's never easy. And everyone stops for a moment. It's like, what the heck was that? And then it happens again, and there's this loud booming sound, as if from above. And then it happens again and again and again, and some of the the snow across the ceiling starts shaking down, coming down around you, and there begins to be uh, there begins to be like a panic. There's some worried people here. There's a guard at the entrance to the stables who's rushing out to go see what's going on elsewhere to see if there's going to be a problem. What are you guys doing? We need to get out of here. What's that? We need to get out of here. I agree. Time to go. We've got our horses. We've got our ride. Time to go. (laughs) Well, my instinct is at least to go outside and see what's causing the banging. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Outside is on the way to leaving, so that's okay. Yeah. Outside is on the way to leaving. (sighs) Okay. So you go to get your horses under control. Get ready to get out of here. See what's going on. And the shaking continues, and it's less like an earthquake and more like more like a bombardment now. At first, it was difficult to tell if it was coming from below or around or above, but now you definitely know. It's from above. Something is happening outside. You can hear a voice echoing down through the stables. It's this very loud, commanding voice. It says, Citizens of Honey Hollow, prepare to subject yourselves to the judgment of the conscription. We will not be turned away this time. Send out the afflicted, or we will come down, and we will destroy everyone. And the bombardment from above, like the shaking, continues on. Oh, it's these guys. I want to go out the front door and see who's yelling. What is the strategic purpose of going out the front door? What other door do you propose we go out of? Well, there's the stables. There's the outpost, um, which is where people without carts and horses come in. There was the sneaky back way out that you found through the snow all that time ago. But yeah, it's up to you. We know who they are. We know they're not expecting an attack, especially from the back, which would be the stables. Oh, well, then we go out the stables. I mean, like, I... I... I wasn't suggesting that the front door was the only way out. It was just like, I want to go outside. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the plan is to go out with your horses. Is that the plan? Just asking. Like we can't leave them in here. We can't? Well, I, mean, I mean, flying mounted combat sounds like pretty badass. I'm not trying to convince you otherwise. It does sound kind of awesome. I feel like there's going to be a lot of animal handling checks involved in that. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not all about that right yeah. now. Don't, don't worry about it too much. I feel like my horse It'll is going to die. Fine. Yeah, I say we leave the horses. They're not nearly sneaky. <laughs> They're not combat ready, shall we say. <laughs> We're not bonded with them enough yet for me to trust fighting with them. Yeah, and they're not armored. 
Uh, yet that's true. They are not armored horses. Um, <laughs> certainly something we can look into if you want. My last horse died, so I'm going to be very protective of this one. It costs an extra $20, though. I think we've got the money. <laughs> Let's get that good horse DLC. Mm. No. <laughs> um, okay, okay. Do you still want to go out through the stables, though, or do you want to go out through the front door? Out through the stables sounds oh. fine to me. Okay. Are we, are we trying to sneak? Well, you know, you have two options. You've got myself and Darwin and potentially Ilana could utilize the advantage that trying to sneak gives us. If Arnis is okay just going straight into battle and not trying to talk uh, his way out of it or into it. Oh, I'm not talking to these jerks. They're like, we've talked to them before. Yeah, they're I have my leg. They're awful, and they have <laughs> Darwin's leg. Cool. So as you all agree to this, then Vale takes charge in a way that you have never seen Vale take charge before. Ooh. The little Corm's route, Vale. Yes. They look at the three of you and just make a very simple, like, follow me quietly gesture as her shadow arm just, like, forms Okay. while they're walking. Before you can make it to the exit, one of the city guard comes in. Mm. Or should this actually be captain or commander? Uh, because Iolana and Vale did not uh, sell themselves too hard on Commander Thorne. She does not feel the need to come and get you personally. But instead, one of her members of the guard, a Lieutenant Ferox. He's an orc guy. He looks pretty buff. He's a little wide. He's got a very... Mm, a very well-seasoned mall. It's seen a lot of action. He enters in. He's basically like recalling the civilians, like to get them down to safety. And then he sees the four of you. He's like, would he know your names? Uh, he'll at least know Arnis's name. And he knows about the Genasi and the Changeling. He comes up. He's in a rush. He's trying to get shit done. He looks at the four of you. He points at you. Mr. Gray, I understand that you are a bard of some experience and ability. Any help you want to offer in this time would be more than accepted. I've been told by Commander Thorne, however, the Genasi and the Changeling are to watch after the citizens in the gardens. We need someone down there to protect them, while the rest of us put together a force to go meet these conscription folks head on. Uh, no Before Arnis can speak, because <laughs> Vale's gone full mode here and looks him dead in the eye twice their size and says i am not a frontline fighter you will not win this fight with frontline tactics if your commander has half a brain she'll pull her entire troops into the city and take up hidden positions to attack them when they come in i'll be out there killing them in the darkness and begin to head out mm, i wish there was like a command skill here <laughs> Vale doesn't usually interrupt, but if there's an instance where Vale's going to interrupt you, it's going to be this one. <laughs> it's fine. I was about to tell the guy to fuck off, so I mean... <laughs> persuasion or intimidation? Um, you said persuasion or intimidation? Yeah. Okay, we'll go intimidation. That's fine. I was about to tell him, like, no, we, we got this. That's a 18. Ooh. Mm, very nice. I mean, he's following orders. From what you two told Commander Thorne, you could... Mm, Take care of yourselves. So the assignment that she was told that she was giving out was just like, hey, they said they were okay. Not great. Let's have them watch over civilians. 
<laughs> Lieutenant Ferox, though, yeah, he's a little bit frightened of you in this moment as your shadowy arm and blade are like right there by your side and you got this fire in your eye. Oh, yeah. He's like, look, you don't command the guard here, but things are a little too crazy right now. And if you want to go out there, that's on you. You're the one disobeying orders here. In the meantime, I've got other troops to organize. I've got a citizenry to help protect. If you don't want to play along, fine. That's on you. As you see, like, a few beads of sweat rolling down his face. It's like putting on a strong front, but he definitely doesn't want to mess with you right now. Cool. And with that, I continue to head out with my companions in tow. Yeah, I don't yeah. I don't wait for him to be done or walk away. Like, I see Vale moving, and I'm moving. Mm-hmm. Same. All right. As you head up, then, against the orders of the guard, you'd made it this whole time without doing anything against the rules. <laughs> but that's I mean, okay. She's about to get wild. Yeah, I mean, technically, we'll be outside of the city when we're breaking the rules. So you we started can argue. breaking the rules inside. Yeah, we can argue some jurisdiction. <laughs> that's all right. Vale and Ilana were already told what the penalty was for disobeying orders is so. I don't even remember. Oh, good. That's helpful. <laughs> that's good. It's a week in the well. Oh, that doesn't sound fun. Well, we've got flying horses. We'll be gone by then. Fine. But yeah, run from your problems. <clears throat> Duh. <clears throat> what do you think we do on this podcast? <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> It'll be fine. So anyways, as you're heading up and out, the rumbling continues. You hear that voice continue to call out like send up the afflicted we only want those people affected by the withering we'll kill them it'll be done we'll leave everybody else alone easy peasy they don't say easy peasy (laughs) (laughs) we'll send them to Corum. we'll leave everybody else in peace move on as you're about 30 feet from the surface as you're heading up heading out things continue to shake things continue to rumble And then there's this flash of dark light with a crackling yellow inside. It fills the stairs above you. Everything. And when it disappears, the rest of the stairs and a huge chunk of the snow above is just gone as if someone erased it. And you find yourself at the bottom now of this little crater. And looking up into the night sky, you see some stars, you see some floating clouds of snow, basically, very similar to the streams of water that you saw through Capris, but down here it is nice and cold, so things are freezing. And in the air, you see, well, you see a few different things. The first you see is the creature that caused this massive crater, this space to just be erased. It's this, well, for a bird, it is huge. But it's only like maybe an eight-foot wingspan, nine-foot wingspan. It's a little hard to tell because it is shrouded in this darkness, almost like it's absorbing light into it. And you see some of the or you see some crackling lights within this darkness. And you can make out wings. You can make out these yellow glowing eyes as it is flying around above the snow. Every once in a while, just thrusting its wings forward, causing this huge blast to exude from it as the darkness and the crackling sends out and just erases parts of the snow. Farther out in the sky, you see another similar bird, but it's 
it's not dark light around it. You see lightning crackling all over this bird. And there's small shoots of it just like shooting off into the sky, shooting off down towards the ground. And you can make out a handful of people on the ground itself, weaving their way in between these craters being made in the snow, heading over towards the outpost. They appear to just be on foot, but they're obviously here with ill intent. As dark as it is, it's hard to make out their exact numbers or exactly what they're wielding, but they are moving with aggression. And finally, last one you see is the one who is commanding this force of the conscription. This is Cregan, and he sits atop a giant coatl, which is this long serpent-like creature with feathery wings. It looks almost dragonish. It's not quite a dragon, but I want to say technically it's a celestial. Yes, a coatl is a celestial, technically. This is really long, really, really long, really big serpent creature. Feathery wings, feathery tail. They are not the ones commanding the force. Quaddle is simply the mount. Astride this quaddle is Cregan, a celestial. Wings spread out wide, staff in hand, and just using it to command the forces, using it to gesture. And he continues to shout down at the city, send out the afflicted, send out the afflicted, and no one else will be harmed. We come seeking only to do Coram's will and bring peace to the suffering. And with that, we'll bring this chapter to a close, but the story will always continue. Thanks again to all of our Patreon patrons for your support. If you'd like to become a patron, go to patreon.com slash podcast and pick out a level that's right for you. Before we go, I'd like to give special thanks to everyone at the $5 and up tiers. At the $5 city council level, thank you, Shannon DeMello. At the $10 mayor level, thank you, Christopher DeMello. At the $15 governor level, thank you, Phoenix Bryan and Sierra Jones. Thank you for listening to this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. If you like what you heard, please leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find us. If you want to chat, we're on Twitter at Skyren Podcast. You can join our Discord server, or you can email us at skyrenpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us online at skyrenpodcast.com. As always, we want to thank Vanessa Blockland for our podcast art. You can find more of her work on Twitter at Art by Vanessa B., and thanks to Daryl Dibber Reckonos for creating our theme music. You can find more of his music at DibberMusic.com and on Twitter at DibberMusic. Dibber spelled D-I-B-U-R. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time on Seasons of Skyrend.